It's time for Promo Corner's Industry Insider with Jeff Franklin, Stephen McFadden, and Bill Petrie. Each Monday, they discuss, dissect, and debate a single issue impacting the world of promotional marketing from every industry perspective. The Industry Insider is only available at Promo Corner, the leader in digital marketing for the promotional products industry. Now, here's Jeff, Stephen, and Bill. Welcome to this week's episode of the Industry Insider Podcast, available only at Promo Corner. I'm one of your hosts, Bill Petrie. With me, as always, Jeff Franklin and Stephen McFadden, and we'll get to those two fine gentlemen in just a second. But first, let's talk about our fine sponsor. That'd be Halls and & Company, and you know them better as ID Line. We talked about how they're a 48-year-old run company, and that staff has literally hundreds of years of experience have a fabulous online inventory program that you, Mr. and Mrs. Distributor, can not only work through your badges into, but you can work mouse pads, counter mats, and they have an entire new line of coasters. They're phenomenal. I've seen them. They offer free spec samples, random samples, and other marketing materials to help you sell more. And by golly, why don't you want to do that? So why don't you go ahead and visit their free self-promo website at selfpromo.idline.com. When you go there, you can upload your own artwork and get all the specific details you want. And they're going to go ahead and produce 100 free re-sticket calendars. Those are repositionable decals. You can put one place, then put another, then maybe even a third place. Wow. Dare I say a fourth place. It's pretty amazing stuff. It'll keep your name in front of your target audience. Now, as I said, I have two co-hosts with me, Jeff Franklin, who's a national account manager with Headwear USA. Jeff, how are you today? Hey, guy. I'm doing all right. How about yourself? Doing great. Episode, uh, we're just rolling through these episodes. It's so quick. It's, it's like spring. It just never lasts long enough. Stephen McFadden is also with us. He's the president of Perfect Promotions and more. Stephen, you doing all right today? Doing fantastic. Excellent, excellent. So once again, the idea behind this podcast is we're going to take one topic that we're all aware of, we, we know about it in advance, and we're going to discuss it, dissect it, debate it between all three perspectives of the promotional products industry, that from a supplier, that'd be Jeff Franklin, a distributor, that'd be Stephen McFadden, and the lowly, lowly service provider, that would be me, Bill Petrie from uh-huh. Promo Corner. Yeah, I know, it's very sad. Go ahead and get out your little mini violins and weep for my lack of, of uh, stature in the industry. Okay. So t- I know. It's, it's okay. So today, the topic, and, and as Stephen said right before we went on the air, could get a little spicy. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to talk about supply chain and how that <laughs> looks. Yeah, I'm not going to say the big giant word Jeff wanted me to. He can say it. That's his word. Disintermediation. Thank you. We're going to talk You're about well. disintermediation. I know how to say it. I just spell feel like it's it. your word. Spell it, Jeff. I have I have it on a piece of paper, so I can spell it. Um, spell so we're going to talk about disintermediation. And really the question is, why is it okay for a distributor to go direct to China? But if a supplier sells direct, it's time to go ahead and set that supplier's factory on fire. So, Stephen, why don't we start with you? First of all, you, you're a distributor. I'm going to ask you point blank. There are no punches pulled this uh, particular broadcast. Have you gone direct to China to source products? Have you gone outside the supply chain? I have not. I win. Liar. I haven't. All right. So <laughs> yes. you get, you get, a, you get a clap from Jeff. Gold star, maybe. All right. Yeah. I, but, I, we all, but we do know suppliers who have. Yes. I mean, distributors who have. I'm sorry. Yes. Distributors yeah. who have. And, and, and have I toyed with the idea sure 
yeah. I, oh, I we'll, think... we'll get to that. Well, oh, I want okay. to right, right. jump ahead of it. So, so since you haven't, we're gonna we're gonna believe you as I'm winking to nobody. Um, no, I know you didn't. I uh, haven't. Jeff, you have distributors that you know go direct go direct to China to source. I do, and they're very they're very forward about it for the most part. They have no problem saying, "Oh, well, you know, I work directly with you know X factory, right? I work directly right. with China. I import stuff all the time." So how? How, what's your usual response to that? Because I mean, they're they're cutting you out of the whole loop, right? They're going direct to the source. Well, you almost have to be PC uh, in a lot of ways as a supplier. You got to be careful because, uh, like we said, you know, in the in past episodes, you know, the 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 distributors are the supplier sales sales force. So mm-hmm. you know, uh, I don't necessarily want to bite the hand that feeds, but at the same time, uh, it, it's it's disconcerting to to hear that. Um, it's it's unfortunate, honestly. I mean, uh, I think we talked about partnerships in the past, you know, and one of the things that, uh, you know, I'd like to see distributors do more. I'd like to see distributors go to China less. Um, mm-hmm. And I understand why, you know, everybody's trying to, you know, race to the bottom and get the cheapest price, but, you know. It's uh, a race you don't want to win. It is not a race that you want to win, for sure. Um, but yeah, so I mean, how do I how do I typically you know answer that or respond to that? I mean, there's not really much that I can say, um, mm-hmm. you know, except for you know, hey, I hope it goes well for you. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's there's certainly advantages to doing it, but at the same time, you know, if we are in a partnership, and I, I, and I want to disclaim first of all, like I am in no way. Uh, advocating that there's inter- any uh, disintermediation within our industry. I don't like the gray area. Uh, I like things to be black and white. Um, you know, I, I am very uh, fundamentally sound that way. I think, Bill, you can probably attest to that as well for yourself. I can. I can. Um, you know, I, I like things being uh, cut and clear, and it's it's not that way anymore, it seems, in this industry. And I think it's one of the scary thoughts about our industry in the future you know where are we going to be in five or ten years if this continues to um if it continues to go on and if it continues to exponentially increase i I agree i think the supply chain is at its most fragile as i've seen it in the uh 18 years 19 years i've been in the industry we have this very strange detente between suppliers and distributors and this kind of handshake agreement we're going to buy from each other and sell for each other but meanwhile, you got suppliers, quite a few of them own distributorships on the side, and you've got uh, distributors going direct. Let me ask you this, Stephen, since I, sure. you, know, you, you don't go direct, and, and, and I, but I understand why you dip your toe in the water, right? You, you have to. You have to remain competitive. Sure. How do you feel when you find out that a supplier, and I know Headwear USA does not have a distributor on the side. I want to be very clear on that. And I know, Jeff, you want to be clear on that too. But mm-hmm. there are suppliers that have distributors on the side. And sometimes it's fairly well documented. I mean, you know, we can talk about you know, Bell Promo and Discount Mugs. I mean, that's the most obvious choice or the most obvious example. Stephen, what do you think about that? It makes me a little angry. <laughs> I can tell I mean, your yeah, your voice yeah. raised like a, a an eighth of an octave there for a second. Oh yeah, a whole eighth. I'm sure. uh, so I, I have I have multiple lists on a giant whiteboard in my office, and w- one of which is a a blacklist of sorts. So um, yeah, I, I I I'm not going to support it. You know, I think that that's that's really we're we're kind of in a powerless position. You know, and I, I think that's probably what the suppliers feel as well when. 
you know, someone like us goes to goes directly to China. You know, you don't feel like you have a choice or like you couldn't help it. And, you know, as as they should cut us off from, you know, the, the partnership perks of free samples and stuff like that, which they would have a right to. I would also have the right to not support a company that I feel is direct competition when I'm when I felt like they could have been a partner or I'm right. they're using me as a sales you know, tool to sell more of their product when they already have a sales tool to sell more of their product. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I, I know Jeff mentioned a minute ago that, you know, everything, you know, liking everything black and white. I, I do feel like there's a lot of gray area entering the industry though. Um, you know, you go the trade show floor, there's a lot of people set up as suppliers that are direct importers. Are they, are there, some of them are, are factory representatives, coming to us so it's like you you assume that they're at a trade show so they're a supplier but then you get into the conversation with them and they're they're in china they are the factory so i I don't know i feel like there's a lot of gray area with with only sourcing companies you know like that's Hmm. like where where do we draw the line between that's me going direct to china or that's me using a supplier like I, i i don't know a lot of times in that case um jeff where do you think that line should be drawn This is a hard one. This is is a hard hard topic because, like you said, there's so much gray area, but it exists. And you have to to confront it. I mean, you walk through or or you exhibited an ASI show, you know half the people walking the show floor are end users. What? Um, Hold on just a second. Let me sit down here. Yeah, I mean, I don't think... I got I woozy for a second. I don't think I'm shocking anybody there. If anybody's, no. anybody's exhibited at an ASI show before. Um, I have never. It's 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 kind of ridiculous. Um, but, you know, if if it continues down this path, I mean, like I said, I mean, I think it's why it's such an important topic to talk about because it's, it's hugely impactful on this mm-hmm. industry and where we are in five years. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely is. So where do you draw the line? I yeah, mean, where do you draw the line? I don't know. Me personally, I, I, mm-hmm. if I were PPAI or if I were ASI, I wouldn't allow uh, any any sourcing agent uh, to exhibit at those shows. It would only be, you know, a, a supplier within the states that, you know, adds value here uh, that, you know, I don't know if they necessarily have to, you know, stock product, but they certainly have to add value. Well, I guess they would have to if they're adding value, right? Right. Mm-hmm. So yeah, maybe maybe only stockists. <laughs> I don't I don't know. Where where <laughs> do you draw the line? I just know that I'm uncomfortable with where it is now. I feel like it's one of those things you know it when you see it. It's very obvious when it's happening, mm-hmm. but there is some gray area in between there, you mm-hmm. know. But but when it's happening, it's it's obvious. Um, but I I I think two things can be wrong at the same time. You know, I I don't want to I don't I don't want to say that it's only wrong for suppliers to go direct. I think two things can exist simultaneously where I don't know that it's, that is wrong. You know, I don't know that that's also not wrong for us to go straight to the factory when there's so many people out there competing to kind of help us with that. Um, yeah, I think both can be mutually wrong in a lot of ways. I do, however, question, you know, like, like I said earlier, those, those factory direct supplier ships like how does how does that work or what about what about products that don't exist like wow. it, it, no one provided a product available to me so i need to go make it now uh, but it's not something that's even close to someone's product line how do i 
I may need to go direct, right? Well, that, yeah, and that yeah. leads into my next question. Not to interrupt you, which means I already did, but when is it right for a distributor to go direct to China? I think you were kind of providing an example of that, Stephen, is, hey, you know, if there's not a product in the marketplace and I have a client that demands it, I may have no choice but to go to Greg. Is that what you're saying? Is that Yeah, that? yeah. Okay. I mean, I, I don't think that that's, that's wrong. I mean, I in that, in that sense... I've looked at my available options. I've done my, my Sage research. I've talked to some suppliers, and hey, maybe maybe my best option now is all right. Let's let's send off some of these you know renderings or whatever it may be. Let's send it to a couple suppliers. See if that's something they they have a resource for, and then we'll also send it off to a f- you know a few factory contacts that we may have, mm-hmm. I, you know, or that somebody may have, you know, um, and approach it that way. I I don't think that that's unfair because it's not a product they were trying to sell anyways so it's almost like you know i'm i'm buying milk from the industry and no one sells milk you know it's it's not it's not even in the industry how do you how do you like how do you get mad at that so okay same same question to you jeff just a little different when is it right for a supplier to go direct to an end user uh, me personally, I don't think it's ever really right uh, for a supplier to go direct to an end user. I mean, I guess the only the only scenario that I can really think of is when you know a, a reseller, for instance. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I know uh, I've been fortunate enough to attend a few uh, CAMEX shows, which is the Campus Marketing Expo, uh, and I've exhibited at those shows with as a partner with a, a client of mine, a distributor that was exhibiting. Um, so I went and I was basically their hat guy. Um, you know, but I got a chance to walk around that show floor and it was amazing how many of the PPAI and ASI suppliers were actually exhibiting at this college marketing or campus marketing expo direct to college bookstores. Mm. Um, but in, in their defense, a lot of the way that these, uh, you know, suppliers like to, um, you know, I guess get around it is they, you know, they're, they're an on seller, they're a reseller, you know, so if they're you know reselling the product then they're not the end user and that's the way that they get around it i don't necessarily know if that's um you know the right way to approach it or not i mean mm-hmm. i have I, something I can, to comment on that i can see the <laughs> argument <laughs> so we we're, we're we're a licensee of several universities and this is this has always been a pain point of ours you know we will show up at a show and we'll see you know dozens dozens of suppliers um offering a license that we had to get as an individual company to everybody in the industry and you know it's it's not direct selling in that sense but it's 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 providing someone a a, what was an advantage for our company now to everybody you know it's like well how did that happen well you you find out later it's like well they actually have a, a book sale side of their account or they have a um you know they they're allowed to sell to golf stores. That's what I hear a lot. Or they're allowed to sell to, to book yeah. resellers or to licensed product or NCAA or NBA or MLB. I'm like those are huge accounts for a lot of a lot of distributors. Uh, so where does it stop? Like maybe it's okay now for boat boating stores or maybe it's anyone that resells it. Well, it's like well, okay. So everyone that resells a product is now excluded from the industry as a, as a potential client. That's, that's where the line can get blurred really quickly and you could lose, you know, half of, half of our market share is gone because of these exclusions. And it, um, it, it, can, it takes a lot of, you know, it, it, it's hurting themselves a lot of ways because they're going to either have to use us as their sales force 
or themselves as their sales force. And I, I've always thought the approach for the industry was use the 50,000 plus of us and don't worry about getting 20 people on your side to do it because you've already got 50,000 of us. Like, you know, what? why are you doing both? Like, mm-hmm. it doesn't make sense. Um, I don't know. I can keep going. Jeff, go for it. <laughs> Did you know that Mack Trucks has a U-Pick ID? What? I did not. No, I didn't wow. know that you pick ID. So, I mean, it's just like if we're keeping it within the industry, uh, how are we allowing those types of companies to obtain? Oh. Yeah. No. Is it because they're reselling? I, I have no idea. I remember when I first got in the industry. And again, you know, just like all of us who get in this industry, you realize this is an industry. I had no idea this thing even existed, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. We, we all kind of have that, that aha moment. And I'll never forget, I was working for Halo Branded Solutions at the time. Um, this is uh, around, you know, right before the bankruptcy. So this dates me quite a bit. But I remember thinking, oh, God, we do work with Kellogg's. We do work with Coca-Cola. We do work with FedEx. Why wouldn't they just hire their sales rep from Halo, set up some sort of phantom company, and just make them the exclusive promotional products distributor for that company. I've had this save themselves a, a lot. ton of money. Yeah. <laughs> I've never understood that because there's, you know, it's 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 a, it's a it's always been there. This whole thing of there's so many people that touch an order and obviously provides a lot of opportunity for failure. But you know, it does does get in the way sometimes uh, potentially of, of profitability. Mm-hmm. For sure, yeah. So what what do we do about it? What what do we do? Because I mean, I remember Cutter and Buck, and I don't know what it is these days, but for a while they they were like very upfront. We we are focused on this industry, the corporate markets uh, industry, but understand there are twenty five accounts that we are selling direct to, and they would give you the list. Now we could sit here and debate whether it's actually more than twenty five or not. That's for another discussion, probably with an adult beverage and not recording, but. They were always at least upfront about it to to a point. What do we do about this? Because what this does, in my perspective, this whole conversation of you know, it, like I said, we have this weird little detente in the industry, this this ceasefire, this truce, but it does erode trust, right? It's hard for a supplier to trust a distributor that they know is going direct and, and circumventing them, and it's hard for a, a distributor to trust a supplier that may have their own distributorship somewhere um, or are going direct to the end user. How do, we, how do we get around this? Start with you, Jeff. I mean, I think it's honestly just being aware of, of everything that we're doing. I mean, on the distributor side, you know, when you're going direct to China, you have to understand the repercussions of that. I mean, first of all, you have no insurance policy uh, right. as you would with a supplier. Um, there's obviously you know issues and language barriers and so on and so forth. There's a ton of issues with dealing with China. Mm-hmm. Uh, so personally, I think it's uh, in your best interest to uh, to work with somebody to let them handle that with the you know when they're used to doing it. Um, but you know if you're going to continue to go that way, understand that you know when you're taking business away from the supplier that you're doing your smaller orders with that you can't get direct from China. Mm-hmm. Uh, understand those suppliers are going to end up going away. Uh, yeah. They're either going to go out of business because they don't get all of your business, um, or they're just going to decide to stop you know stop stocking and you know maybe end up going direct themselves. I mean I have no clue. Um, 
but I think just being aware of the situation and, and trying to approach it in an ethical manner, you know, how we basically want to see the industry in 10 years and understand that there are repercussions to all of our actions, um, you know, and it is shaping this industry, uh, one, whether we like it or not, it's definitely going to, uh, to, to take the, the industry one direction or another. Yeah. Stephen, what about you? Kind of twofold. I mean, my, my personal approach, like how does it affect affect us and what do we do as a company? You know, my my thought is the industry is relationship driven. So if you build your relationships with your customers, you're you're gonna keep them. I mean, it's not gonna matter if yeah. someone comes comes to them direct. On the flip side, though, as an industry, we got to be stronger about the rules that are in place actually make them. I think like that would be a good start, you know, figure yeah. out like what, what that line is and have people that are bold enough to enforce them. Cause I feel like the industry majority would, would join up with a group like that. You know, I, not to, not to shout out to PPAI and ASI, but I feel like both of them have an opportunity and, and even a, a, a good resource or network to make, so to have someone of them make a stand and say, Hey, like this is the threshold to be in our databases. Like this is, you know, whether you want to be a distributor or a supplier, you know, th- this is this is the guidelines. You guys want to follow it, you can be in it. If you don't, you're out. And not just kind of turn blind eyes to things. Um, it, it'd be great to see that. I don't know if it happened. Um, I don't know if it will. But I've, again, this may be one of those after hour drink conversations. But I've had many conversations with people from both of those sides and we've debated this topic and they want to, they want to exclude anybody. Mm-hmm. My question is why not? Like why not exclude some people that are giving, you know, helping to burn the reputation of the industry. Like you're, you're fueling the issue by not taking a stance. And it's, yeah. it's an interesting, it's interesting just to say, well, we don't want to miss out on, I don't know, X, Y, Z dollars because we don't want to turn someone away or we don't want to have to turn this person away. It's like, just do it. Like just, Someone make a stand. Someone do something. You know. So. Yeah, and that may that may be a topic for a future podcast episode here. Maybe you know, should we have the big tent mentality that you know we do, or is there some merit to making it a little more uh, selective? So as we kind of uh, wrap this up, any final thoughts from you, Jeff, um, on on this subject about how how we can make sure we keep the supply chain strong? between supplier distributor uh, how do you what do you think on that yeah just to continue to, to develop those partnerships uh, you know distributors continue to work with the suppliers that uh, that you have a good relationship with and develop that relationship with your reps uh, suppliers do the same with your distributor clients um, you know I, I don't know that anything's going to necessarily change as far as you know people stopping uh, you know cutting people out cutting the middlemen out um, but, you know, ultimately I, I would like to see that because, I mean, I, I know mm-hmm. Stephen and I were both relatively, you know, well, we're all relatively young and, uh, you know, have, have quite a few, quite a future, you know, quite a few many years left in this industry. And at, at the rapid pace that things are changing um, now, uh, it, it is impactful more now than it, did it ever would be. Absolutely, absolutely. And by my calculation, I have three more weeks left in the industry. Stephen, any last words before we wrap this up? <laughs> Just don't sell direct, dang it. Just, yeah, that's just that's it. 
That's all I got. Wow. <laughs> I guess we're going to end on that mic drop. But before we do end, we should be thanking our wonderful, wonderful sponsor on this podcast, Halls & Company. You know them better as ID Line. Again, they've set up a free self-promo website. Go ahead and head over to selfpromo.idline.com. Upload your artwork, all the specific details, and they're going to produce not 50, not 30, not 27, not 86, 100 free restick calendars. They are going to be repositionable decals. It's going to keep your name in front of your target audience for many, many days to come. Guys, can't thank you enough again for doing this podcast. I think we hit on some good topics today, and I look forward to doing it again next week. Yeah, thanks for having us, Bill. I really appreciate it. Sounds great. Stay classy. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Promo Corner's Industry Insider. For more great content from industry thought leaders, including podcasts, blogs, and videos, visit promocorner.com.